Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you from America to Africa and everywhere else. God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we are back in the book of James, uh, chapter 1. And we are going to be looking at verse um, 16 down through um, verse 19. And just to let you know, uh, our family is traveling in northern Michigan this week. So uh, I'll be um, um, giving my reflections and thoughts just the same. But it might be on the go sometimes uh, as it is this morning. But I wanted to... To, to share with you some thoughts as you continue to study through James chapter 1. And we just got through saying last time that, you know, in this chapter, James has been um, letting uh, these young Christians know about faith um, and that um, trials will come in life, but they're not going to be coming from God. God is only giving you good things, and God will never tempt us. So tests and trials of various kinds will come. They're going to be inevitable, and that's because God loves His children. They have a purpose. Trials have a purpose for us. They give us endurance and discipline, and they come from God's love. And they come to us for our own goodness, for our own holiness. Because God wants us to be righteous fruit. So we have to understand that we we need to have this focus of our faith uh, that comes from our Heavenly Father when we have things like this happen to us. Because it's for our holiness and our humility that God gives us trials and tests. And then James says, but remember, don't forget that... Um, Temptation is not from God. Temptation is um, from this world. And temptation is all in the world because the world is a broken world. And he just wants us to remember that God doesn't tempt good people with evil. Because, number one, God would never do that to a good person. He loves the good person too much. He would never put evil on anybody. And the other thing is that God is not evil. So God can't use evil things to hurt people. Uh, or to put people through evil things. And so that's because there's evil in the world. The only things that God gives us is goodness. And we have to understand that. And so when we have trials and tests, James says, consider it all joy. 
Everything you've got, he says, all joy, because you're going to see all kinds of various trials and tests. He says various kinds of trials and tests. Consider it joy. But when you have temptation, that's a different story. And if you need wisdom to help you understand what to do, you ask you pray. He says, ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. In other words, he doesn't want anybody to hesitate to ask him things. And he and when we ask and when we need his help, he's not trying to he, he's not trying to judge us one way or another when for whatever predicament we're asking about. He wants to give us wisdom. And so don't even stop, don't delay. Asking God for whatever circumstance you're in for wisdom. And then he says, don't, don't misunderstand that being, temp- being tempted is, is not from God. That's just the world you've got to live in. And I love this saying from Martin Luther that McGee has said over and over. And we've said it last time too. Martin Luther had an analogy of sin. He said, you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. There's birds all around flying around. You can't stop what the birds are doing, but you can stop them from landing on your head and building a nest. In other words, you know, temptation is all around. There's an evil world we live in, and that produces, you've got to, you, you've got to sort of live around things that are constantly uh, maybe tempting you to do something wrong. He says, you, you, can't, you can't prevent that. But James gives a little analogy that when, you, when, you, um, when you're lured, it's almost like you're fishing. The temptation can lure you and entice you. And, and if you have a sort of a sin nature, that desire... That's your temptation for whatever it is, power, greed, money, whatever you want to talk about, you know, lust of the flesh, whatever that is. But if you, um, through your own human flesh and desire, if you act on that, it gets fully grown and it gives birth to death and that it gives birth to sin. And then this sin fully conceived is brings death to the person. So. We touched on this yesterday, and it's just worth going over for our perspective, but it's um, this sort of a union between the world and our will, and that gives birth to something. It gives conception. It says it's conceived, and sin gives birth. It's our own nature, our own desire to um, whatever's in the world. But then he says, don't be deceived in verse 16, my beloved brothers. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. In other words, he says it again. He says, God doesn't, God is not bringing you temptation. That's not God. Now, God will bring you trials and tests. That is from God. That's for your own good. But temptation, no, not from God. And you have to be in control of your will, too. And he says, 
coming down from the Father of light. God is light. There is no darkness. All he is is 100% pure, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In other words, as McGee says, God is not like a yo-yo. He's not up one day, down the other. He's not goodness one day, and all of a sudden tragedy the next. That's not God's nature. He is 100% goodness. He is 100% pure. He is 100% light, and there's no variation with him. Verse 18, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. That's God's will. He wants us to be given every good gift in the world. That's what he does for us, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creature. So we have another analogy to birth, a first fruit. Just like we talked about sin being born, here's another one for you, an analogy of giving birth to goodness. Okay? So as McGee says, it's our will, just like it was with the sin, when you combine that with God's will, that gives birth to something totally different than death. It's a first fruit of his creatures. So God's will is 100% for us, and we have to put our will with God's will to get uh, this new birth, this first fruits of his creatures. So two different contrasts of giving birth to sin and giving birth to life. Verse 19, and then he says again, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And that's where McGee leaves off, and that's where we'll leave off today. But what a good synopsis of sin, of temptation, but also of trials and tests for us. And the, 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 the wisdom to know the difference between that you have a God that loves you this much and is never down, is always 100% pure, 100% love to you, to giving you every gift without good, every good gift that you have is from God. So we want to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger because that is going to be what we have to model ourselves after, the nature of God. God's humility. And we'll take up right here tomorrow as we continue our study through this wonderful book of James. So from me to all of you, God bless you. We'll see you next time. And we'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing well and feeling better. And we'll and we'll can't wait to hear what you have to say. God bless you all. And we'll see you next time. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from James chapter 1, beginning at verse 16, all the way to verse 19. So we are in the section labeled the verification of genuine faith. So from verses 1 to verse 12 of James chapter 1, we learned that God tests faith by trials and temptation, but not by temptation to evil. So from verse 13 to verse 21, in this section that we currently are in, um, of chapter one of James, God doesn't test faith with evil. So the source of our temptation to evil does not come from God or Satan. So verse 14 and 15 makes it clear that sin is in the flesh. That's lust uh, or desire. So let me just read verse 14 and 15. It says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire and enticed, so his own lust and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, 
brings forth death. So, you know, when lust has conceived to become pregnant, because, you know, like conception is like the joining of two things together to become pregnant. Um, conception is the joining in union of two. So the desire of our nature joins to the outward temptation that is outside. Um, that's um, when sin comes into play. So Jesus Christ made it clear that if you are angry with your brother, it will lead to murder. So that's where you have the premeditated murder, you know, um, and that's where murder begins. It's as good as murdering your brother. So, <clears throat> or if a man looks upon a woman with lust, lust sorry, um, to commit adultery, he is guilty because his heart um, has already committed sin. So it, uh, and it has to be there and joined with the temptation outwardly so the sin is already in the heart that desire that lust is already in the heart and the temptation is outward so temptation is not a sin you know when people ask is temptation a sin it's not a sin sin is the consummation of the act inwardly and outwardly um, and will and we all have you know that evil nature we all have been tempted to do evil everyone has a weakness for um you know for some it's glutter gluttony for some it's for others it's gossip and you know both are of the flesh so only jesus christ could say the prince of this world comes and finds nothing in me so we have that evil nature and you know the lord jesus christ had nothing in him he was pure he was all light so they can't um you know they can't be a stillbirth um you know to the statements you know when um desire or lust has conceived so it's gonna bring forth something so you can't have a stillbirth, you know, um, you know, it says here, then when desire is con has conceived, it births sin. So there won't be a stillbirth. It's going to birth something. Um, and um, it's going to bring forth something uh, when that evil thought that's in our heart is joined with the temptation. And there is a birth of the act. Uh, and it just can't be a stillbirth at all. So it brings forth a sin. So today it's rationalized. You know, like a lot of things are rationalized, you know, gossip, a hot temper, it's all rationalized, gross immorality and so many other other sins that they tend to rationalize them and give justification for them. So um, when it's finished, it will bring forth death because it will bring separation from God and will bring forth death. So there are three kinds of death and we have um, physical death. That it always works itself out. So the physical death we always tend to see is, you know, for example, you know, how you have an alcoholic um, who begins to suffer from the effects of alcoholism. And then we have spiritual death. That's a condition of a lost man. That's the condition of you and me today. Um, you know, we're dead in trespasses and sin. And this is the condition of all of us today. And then there's eternal death. This is sin that works its way out. You know, um, this is separation. You're constantly habitually sinning. You know, for a believer, it breaks his fellowship with God when that sin is born and becomes a habit. So you can't have fellowship with God and allow sin to continually happen in our lives. Temptation is not a sin. Temptation can't conceive until it's joined with our own evil uh, lust or desire, which is in our nature, which brings forth sin. And sin eventually brings forth death and breaks the fellowship with God, and that is the eternal death that's being talked about. Verse 16 reads, Do not be deceived, my, my beloved brethren. So here he means, do not wonder. 
you know, do not wander off, do not roam about or stray. Don't think you can get by with it. So, you know, like a lot of people think they tend to get away with a lot of things because, you know, life is going all hunky-dory for them. You know, we have habitual sinners that never, you know, had the line of communication with God and he was never born again. So you have those people who just get by, who think they can just get by. So if you can live in sin and enjoy it and you're not a child of God, you need to actually examine yourself and start questioning, you know, and see if you are in the faith because you cannot be a Christian and live in sin and actually enjoy it. So he that falls into sin is man. You know, I like this quote that Dr. David Mickey gave. He that falls into sin is man. That's you and me. He that grieves um, at sin is a saint. And he that boasts of sin is the devil. So all of us are subject to temptation. But we ought to make sure we don't have a birth. You know, it's not conceived. Uh, and we have that birth. Because they can have, there can be no abortion if you go through with it. And it will work its way out eventually anyways. Verse 17 goes on to read, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So, you know, here now it gives us the positive side of it. You know, in God, there is no dark side. He will, he is all light. Uh, in all of us, there is, you know, that shadow. But God, Jesus Christ was perfect. God is all light. God, in God, there is no variation. There is no shadow at all. Um, you know, for us, there's that nature, that old nature, that sinful nature. Uh, God doesn't vary or change. So he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And like a lot of Christians today, you know, who are, you know, yo-yo Christians, they are up today and, you know, they go around and around in circles because they are not squares. So they just keep going around and around in circles. And God never tests us with evil. That's one thing we should know. So every good gift comes from him. You know, look around you. You know, the green grass, the air that you breathe, the rain, the sunshine, the clean air, the clean water, all comes from him. So count your many blessings today. You know, every day when we wake up, we should count our many blessings. You know, wake up to be alive and we're breathing fine and we can be, we're able to see very fine. You know, all those are blessings. You know, count your many blessings. Count them one by one. Thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful day today that I'm able to breathe, I'm able to see, I'm able to walk, I'm able to, you know, to see the beautiful blue sky. You know, not everyone is privileged to, to be in the position that I may be in today. Verse 18 goes on to read, Of our own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So here, reference is to the new birth. Um, and how does he bring us forth so with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creatures so here brought forth means begets to conceive to impregnate so you know back to conception you know when two things are joined together so you can't beget back with evil you have to um, have in conception two coming together and no and there is no other way so when his will, you know, conception is two things joining together. So when his will is joined to our will, you will be born again. So it's not his will that, um, you know, that should, uh, you know, it, it, it's not just about God's will or our will or anything like that. Like the two wills, God's will and our will has to come together. You know, God's will, um, if God's will comes forth and we don't have that will, um, you know, then we can't be born again. 
So um, it's not his will that any of us should perish, but we are begotten, we are conceived, we are brought forth by God's word when we are willing you know, it should be willing from our hearts when we are willing to come and believe his word and accept Jesus Christ as our savior. We will be born again, not of the flesh, but of the word of God that lives and abides forever. Verse 19 goes on to say, read. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. This is a good verse. And this is important in the life of a believer. You know, we should be swift to hear. Swift to hear what? Swift to hear the word of God. And we should be uh, slow to speak. So we should understand. And, you know, um, and we should be slow to wrath. So, again, this is today's teaching. And for me, my main highlight was, you know, the, fa the fact that, you know, you know, as a believer, you can't live in sin and, and, and actually enjoy it um, and, and say you're a child of God. Um, you know, you have to be, you have to have that uncomfortability, like, you know, you know, there's no way you're a child of God and you actually enjoy sinning. So he that falls into sin is man. You and I, um, you know, every day we fall short of the glory of God and he that grieves at sin is a saint. You know, if, you know, we judge ourselves and we grieve at sin, then, you know, we are born again. We are living in faith and he that boasts of sin is the devil. So yeah, this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. God bless and have a pleasant Tuesday. Bye-bye.